Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 16 in a row. 16 in a row. Yeah, (laughs) we seem really, really pumped about this. (laughs) It seems like a lot more than I thought we'd do in a row. It is. Yeah. Um, uh, What do I normally say next? Your name. No, I normally say casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And I'm going to call myself 16 for this episode. <laughs> so for this episode, refer to me as 16 to celebrate okay. 16 episodes. For some reason, we both seem very excited about 16 episodes. So In my head, every time you say 16, there's a caption underneath that says Tony. Yeah, just so you understand. <laughs> yeah. So this episode's featuring Luke and 16. Okay. Um, anything paranormal happened to you since the last recording? Ah, uh, so should we let the audience in that this is a banked series? No, we shouldn't. Okay. Let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've got some upcoming busyness ahead? Is yeah, I've got a, um, a big show to go to. Um, I always enjoy going to the big show. The big show? Yep. Is, is this like a, an opera, a musical, a movie, or...? Agricultural. Agricultural, right. <laughs> okay. Um, just got a very busy week next week, so I thought we'd bank one. That's right. Um, so next week being this week as you listen to it. That's right. So this is a banked episode. It's a bank series. One thing we should mention off the bat is in the last episode... Twitter poll, I believe? We had a Twitter poll. We're not going to address said Twitter poll because as we record, it happened about 40 minutes ago. Yeah. Do you remember what the tweets were? What the, oh, what the hashtags were? Uh, was, really it magic, need... was it magic shit? Yes. Magic shit. No. Magic poo. Yes. Magic poo. Yes. And magic poo, poo. No. And do you remember what you were for or against? I was magic poo. Yes. Meaning that, um, that we're, we're going to have, we're going to have to have like a one paragraph explainer. So the hypothetical was sent in by a listener um, whose Twitter handle I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was really nice to hear from someone. Can you go back and li- go back and listen to episode 15 and find the Twitter handle and yeah. then come back to us right now? Yeah. We'll give you a second. We won't. Okay, come back. <laughs> right, so now you know. Well, how did, yeah, okay. So um, in that hypothetical... Actually, give you another second to go back and listen to what they said so we don't have to repeat ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and we'll just carry on with the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 16 here is for uh, Magic Poo No. Yeah, so Magic Poo Yes meant that every time you wished a person to poo their pants, you got one wish as you died to... Um, to you would force excretion (laughs) upon somebody else my argument was that um the rules of the game were magic poo yes would mean that unlimited excretion unlimited excretion yours was magic poo no where once you'd pooed it didn't refill your bowel you gotta recharge yeah Yeah. at a a normal you gotta go back have one of your one kilo burritos you had and then (laughs) recharge you could only um excrete once you were ready Mm -hmm. so you couldn't be doing it constantly so the good news is that you've got a second week to get your vote in oh good that's so and then we'll um, announce winners sure which will be one of us one of us and maybe the guy who sent in the hypothetical yes which was awesome um so do that again and for a second time shout out to audience participation by the way <laughs> yeah it was pretty awesome oh, i love that it's yeah. really cool it's usually we've had a, few, had a couple now we no, have we have more than a couple we've, we've had, had several yeah several yeah more than a couple anyway. more than a few I'm probably yeah not quite a dozen no more than not a fuckload <laughs> i think that's the official name for a collective of bees 
A fuckload? Yeah. Right. <laughs> My boss taught me that. Really? Yeah. Right. You would never think it. I'm learning. <laughs> um, so, let's... Uh, last week's episode was um, nice and tight, time-wise. I think um, we didn't waffle too much, and it felt pretty good once we um, hit the button, so we're going to try and do the same thing. Um, I'll jump into a hypothetical. And we actually just came up with a title for last week's episode, so uh, yeah, we're feeling pretty good about that. That's <laughs> That was probably the, hard, it's the hardest thing sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it just works. It does. Sometimes it just works, and it didn't, it didn't take too long. So yes, I hope you enjoyed Two become one, Gene becomes two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you didn't, go back and listen because it <laughs> yeah. was a doozy. Um, <laughs> all right, so this week's hypothetical. So the way that the show works for new listeners is we have a hypothetical, then one of us will recount a tra- tale of the strange, paranormal, unexplained, etc. Um, to the other, and we will finish up with a segment where... We get one of us some strange. Yes. Stay tuned. And we won't tell you more about that till that happens. Exactly. Yes. When it happens, you'll know. You'll know. You'll, hear, you'll, you'll definitely hear it. <laughs> so this week's hypothetical is... Um, the hypotheticals are always posed to Tony, because it's funnier. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think weird. Yeah, because you squirm more I'm than I not, do. I'm a nutter. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Because exactly, I'm weird. And again, um, I'm 16 for this episode. Please refer to me as 16. Sorry. Um, so here's the hypothetical. You gain the power of invisibility, but can't tell anyone, and can only turn it on for a full week at a time. How do you use it? Okay, so it has to be an entire week's worth of invisibility yep. in one You can't way. tell anyone, you can't say to them, you know, I'm going to be invisible for the next week, and I'm going to do this while I'm invisible. That doesn't work. I, you can only go for a full week. <clears throat> seven times 24 hours. And how often can I do it? Like often if, as you like, but so, you've got to be for a full week every time. So could I do two full weeks, but like go the invisible up until the point I turn invisible, it come, I, get, I get re-visualized and then turn back on again visible? Yes. Okay. So I could go for like week on week, but I'd have to have a short period of becoming visible and back invisible. Yes. How would you use it? Do I have to be naked when I'm invisible? I knew that would be the but first well, question. The first this question. This one you asked. often comes up. Sure. <laughs> yes, you do. Perv. <laughs> it's funnier this way. Yeah. No, no, that's that's fair enough. <laughs> like it's a serious thing so yes you've got to uh it'll be like the invisible man where you could wrap yourself in bandages and you could see bandages walking around you can wear clothes and you can just see clothes moving around so those are the rules you're naked it's got to be for a full week if i walk through like water would you see a footprint yes oh okay a mental note be careful of that (laughs) yeah be careful of piddles (laughs) Um, when it'd be like Kevin Bacon on the what's that? Is it the Invisible Man? What is that one where he turns invisible? Uh, Kevin Kevin Bacon's Invisible uh, Jaunt. Yeah, he where you see invisible Kevin Bacon parts. Are they his real parts? Do you think? I don't know. Do you know what the worst job ever would be? Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Yeah. If you your job was to create CGI and animate <laughs> the parts of the hollow man <laughs> yeah that 
yeah, I'm just looking it's at some. It's got to go to just the, the work experience kid like, or something. Oh my god, there's some disgusting images here. The intern, from the intern's got to be in charge of that, surely. <clears throat> yeah. So it just reminded me how gross that movie was. Let's let's move on. Let's spitball then. So you could you could use this to your advantage. You could again become somewhat of a savior for the planet we know most of these come back to me wanting to become a superhero <laughs> go on then but seven days in a row that's a clincher eh? like that's I, why i did it you don't make it easy he doesn't make it easy <laughs> <laughs> what would you what would you do if you had one day is it would it be easier to say okay i'll have an hour what would you get up to you can like the, the immediate thing is like go to the shops. Well, I thinking, yeah, I'd go to the shops and like <laughs> go into areas I'm not supposed to go into. Yeah, like, like the I, like the stock room of a shop. Well, I also know what's back there. <laughs> I used to work in one. They're not that exciting. You used to work with, in a place they had one. I used to go in there even when I left. <laughs> just walk back in because I right. like going into the stock room. And that that is again the strangeness. Of why we ask Tony these things, because <laughs> he, he does things like want to go out to the stockroom at a supermarket <laughs> and just goes. Yeah, well, I, I loved it when I worked there, and when I left, I was like, i got to go back in and see what's happening. You just walk in with confidence. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what would I do? Um, I, like, is an example, like, could I get... Um, <laughs> it's always... Always a series of questions just come back to me straight I'd away. I'd like to go inside some people's houses. Which people and why? Um, just like I'd like to see what, what my neighbours have. Like I'd, oh. lock, I'd lock at the door and like they'd open the door and then I'd walk in. They wouldn't know I was there. Ooh. What would they feel me if I brushed against them? That's a good question. Yes. Okay. So I have to skirt around them. Yeah. So I'd like to go into a few of my neighbours' houses. Yeah. And just move some things around like just to freak people out. Uh-huh. That would kind of be fun. What if they were really, really freaked out? Would you feel bad? No. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're the neighbours that do outrageous <laughs> things to you, like leave the bin out for an hour after you do, and was, park their car on the on the street that, outside. What's the one with the van oh, outside? The van. He parks his big ass van on the street, <laughs> and I can't see out properly. It's too big to be parking on the street. I don't. We talk a bit about you paying your mortgage here, right? Yes. I don't know that you're that happy here. <laughs> I think you can, I think do, you can what, find somewhere where I you're just happy. I think this is what life is. <laughs> like I've well, the thing is, I've chosen to live in higher density living in the city. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to be in town. But yep. I'm just miserable with the people around me. <laughs> yeah. I think you're miserable that there are people around you. I to think, be honest, well, the whole point of this house is it's it's sort of like it's going to eventually be an investment property for me. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be my forever home. It's like right, it's close to town. Um, it's not your seeing you out home. No, no. Just <laughs> <laughs> like that. I don't know. It sounded fun. I didn't look in. Um, so like, eventually, I'd like to live somewhere like you know, definitely just a bit more spacious outside the city yeah more like i have yeah but maybe not quite as far um not quite as far because i have to do the like halfway i have to do the brian quinn whinge and talk about gas and tolls <laughs> what tolls do you <laughs> not tolls but you it's, got it's the line yeah gas and tolls <laughs> yeah um west melton yeah that's good yeah 
No one knows. Very about this. poor cell coverage though. Really? Yeah, Get I wouldn't a, go there. Erect a tower, I reckon. <laughs> nice new four square though. Four square. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, I just think what I'd like to do is probably end up just going in places I'm not supposed to be in. <laughs> And just, I'd probably want to move things but around, the, okay, cause explain, a little havoc. Explain like, what they are. So far, it's your neighbor's house and a supermarket stock room. Yeah. Another like, place. Surely there's better than that. I'd like to drive my car through a drive through or something like that. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> don't know why, but that seems cooler. <laughs> and just order something. Because they'd still be able to hear me, I guess. And turn yeah. up at the window. Yeah, they could still And then like, they'd put the food out there. What? And I could still touch it and we'd float into my car and I'd drive off. It'd be pretty awesome if um, you were at your neighbour's house, invisible, and sneezed really loudly. <laughs> or burped. Yeah. Like, I do a lot of burping. Yeah. Moving or farting, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd probably. Just, I mean, I don't think I'd do too anything too diabolical. Um, so I think you're. I think you're, uh, like. I might steal some little things, but you couldn't like put them in your pocket and see. You know, you people would see you. Like if you put it like in your pocket, surely the. If well, you were well, doing, I'm not wearing any clothes, but if I'm carrying it, people will see it. So. But in this hypothetical, let you've got a lock in a week. Yeah, I know. And so far, I don't know that you'd get a cash that. and some annual leave for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that you'd get, you'd be that stoked to, be honest, to what I think I'd do. go through drive throughs go to stock rooms and go this to your neighbour's house This for is a day week. one. Day yeah. two, I go home and I watch House of Cards season five because I've been, Catch wanting, up. <laughs> been wanting to see that. <laughs> Catch up on Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. So I just go through and watch, that would kind of be it. And like... <laughs> Like, you just watch Netflix. And then the next time like, oh, but you're I, invisible. So should I go out and fuck with somebody? Oh, nah, <laughs> sit at home. We've got a week off. Okay, let's think about some of the things you could do. So you could... I don't think I can steal things. You could, as Weird, long as huh? there was no one around. I have to do it at night. Well, no. You have to do it when there's no one around. Yeah, What's like the difference? Night. Yeah, but I mean, if there's no one around, there's no one around. How about you just go through a drive-thru? <laughs> What I'm saying is, if you're invisible, and I know you work in the aviation industry, so you'd be very concerned about payloads and things, you could sneak onto a plane and go anywhere in the world. I could. Yeah. Um, You've got a full week. But again, I like flying business class long haul, (laughs) and like normally we sell the business class seats, um, and then the other ones get done through upgrades, so I don't don't want to fly economy. Have you ever been in the jump seat in a long haul at all? Not in a long haul, only on a domestic flight. Mm. Um, Cool story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the thing is, you could, well, and this is where I went, you could, again, go to jump on a plane, go anywhere in the world, North Korea, South Korea, get all the secrets, go to America, let people know. Go to Russia, your, uh, England, let people know. Right, I could be like a weapon. You could wander but, around. But I can't tell anybody these things, right? You see, I can't tell anybody. You can't tell anyone you're going to be invisible. But wouldn't they see me taking the secrets? If I'm on a plane flying back with like a briefcase of <laughs> secrets... <laughs> Like they're gonna see it, aren't see, they? See, in my head, it was you sit in on a meeting and you take no, like take mental notes. Oh, I have terrible. You don't take a notepad. notepad. <laughs> I'd have to though. But, oh, they said something about. Um, why uh, would you, why would it be a briefcase anyway? <laughs> Surely you'd just have like a piece of paper and you flutter your way around the neighborhood <laughs> as a piece of paper. <laughs> That's me blowing paper around the neighborhood. You could just make the the like most impressive guinness world records for how far you could throw a dart or <laughs> i think if i could conceal things within my person oh oh actually here's a point <laughs> i put things inside me mm. my body yep 
they would they be visible or would they be in? I don't want to go down that road. Well, that's a question. It's a good. I think it's a fair point. Um, yeah, they'd be invisible because I mean there is stuff inside okay. your body. Right. You eat. Okay. Okay. So then I could put I could take notes, put a note inside my person <laughs> about note inside. Yep. Yep. Just put it inside something, slot it in there. I guess on those rules as well, you could just kind of have like a um, like a little Kinder Surprise egg in your mouth and close your mouth you wouldn't have to even swallow oh, I don't it. want it in my mouth <laughs> how am I going to eat sake. you no, know what I mean though like because no one could see that you're right I know but then I've got to pass that right no you just close your mouth you don't swallow yeah, it yeah and sit on a plane for 14 hours with a kind of surprise no but I mouth. mean you don't, you don't have to leave it in there you could just kind of ditch it in a bathroom or all, something well I think we all know where this is going to have to be stored <laughs> if it's going to be inside me and I think it, I, to be honest like Imagine having that like that in your mouth for fourteen hours, and you're flying back to America. But that's what I'm saying. You you put it in your mouth when the rubbish collection is wheeling past you. You put it into the bin, and you leave it there for the duration of the flight. Just as you're about to get off, you. I'm not going to rubbish bin. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm too fancy. Stick it up your ass then. <laughs> <laughs> Shove it up your ass. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's probably where I put it. <laughs> Somehow, this question has come from, if you're invisible and you had to do it for a week, what would you do? And it's, you'd shove, stick things up your ass. Shove secrets up my ass. <laughs> right. Moving um, on. What have we got? From that? Yeah. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> As you take a swig of beer on mic, I I'll did. talk over it so okay. that no one can hear quiet. so bad. Um, okay. <clears throat> so your turn to um, regale me of a story of the strange the unexplained the paranormal that's right so the otherwise what would you say the subject of your one last week was um, when i say last week i mean 42 minutes ago. <laughs> i would say star i would say i was thinking about this ufo slash hmm reincarnation two categories at once that's good yep well this is just ufo (laughs) so i beat you by a whole category when was the last ufo one i did i believe it was socorro new mexico lonnie zamora sure so that was that was up at your parents house that was right when we were um on location (laughs) yeah yeah let's go with that um so that's like um weeks ago weeks ago yeah ages ago hang on i can tell you I've got the list in front of me. Um, End of April is when they went away. That was episode eight, and that was the 20th of the 4th. Ah, so then we're jumping to uh, 16. We're doubling it. Yep. So, 16. Yeah. As, Let's do it. As you know, it was so- them, them grinder style legs. <laughs> grinder. <laughs> Which, after you've heard episode 15, you understand my affinity for Grinder. Um, okay. So, in a place you would hardly expect, just one hour north of New York City, lies the site of one of the most widely observed and yet most unexplainable set of UFO sightings ever seen. The place is Hudson Valley. And this is the Hudson Valley UFO flap. Another flap. A flapper. That's the second flap. Yep. If I remember rightly. That's right. It's my second flap. 
And between 1982 and 1995, more Hang than... Hang on a minute. Oh, wait, wait, stop. This is the same date as our book was printed. <laughs> yeah, well, not 1995. 1982. It's okay. <laughs> so it's not going to be in the book. Let's We're off them. the book here. We're off the chart. <laughs> this is the first one that's not been in that book, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And between 1982 and 1995, more than 7,000 cases were investigated and documented in the Hudson Valley. Stop you there. Yep. And go again. The heaviest period was between the end of 1982 and 1986, when more than 5,000 people reported seeing the objects. Okay, so this is how it all began. So the story of the strange UFO Flapperino began on New Year's Eve 1982, so a few minutes before midnight, a retired police officer was out in his backyard in Kent, New York, when he observed a group of strange lights off to the south. They were coloured red, green and white. Can you say that sentence again, but say lights in the sky? <laughs> At first. It's, the a, former... it's a sponsorship okay, thing. Okay, lights in the sky. No, we're getting to the sentence. <laughs> no, that's all I've said. That's all, that's all you're getting out of me. <laughs> At first, the former officer thought that the lights in the sky belonged to a jet <laughs> aircraft in trouble. We won't even stop and talk about that one. Yeah. It was so smooth. But as the object passed over his house at a height he estimated to be about 500 feet, he realised the lights in the sky were moving much too slowly for a jet and made too little noise. Just distant humming noises. Ripe for a podcast. Right. As he watched, he decided that the lights, which appeared as a V-shape, were connected by a dark triangular fuselage. Like our logo. Yep. What the former officer had seen would be observed many times in the Hudson Valley over the next few years by thousands of different witnesses. Sometimes called the Westchester Boomerang, because of the earliest reports came from the Westchester County in New York by an Aboriginal person. No, that's not true. <laughs> it was a huge V-shaped set of multicoloured lights in the sky, moving slowly and silently across the sky like lights in the sky. It often you, you worked it in there, but then lost your place. <laughs> yeah. I could tell by the pause. It, it often flew close to the ground, so low that the grey superstructure could be seen linking numerous multicoloured lights in the sky. <laughs> pause. <laughs> yeah. On March 26, 1983, so this is just like a year later, more than a year later, a front page story in the Westchester Rockland Daily Item. I love these newspapers. Oh, from, man. From, from the boondocks. I'd subscribe. Proclaimed... Hundreds claim to have seen UFO. <laughs> it's a good title, eh? Yeah. The article, which told of sightings of a triangular UFO on March 24th, 1983, got the attention of a group of UFO researchers in the valley associated, I don't know how they're associated with them, with Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Mm. Give me some factoids on Hynek. Why is he famous? Uh, he was the co-founder of Heineken Brewery. <laughs> That's close. <laughs> Uh, was he the guy again who developed the Close Encounters he scale? Did. He did. You nailed it. There you go. He's, see, this is, um, I guess, we set out to educate people about the paranormal, and here it is here. Close, you know, possible, of possible. it's a real example here of us learning. Would we call him a friend of the show at this point? Friend of the show, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, founder of the Centre for UFO Studies. The group started an investigation of the phenomena, which was later documented as a book, Night Siege, the Hudson Valley UFO sightings. Dramatic. Mm. 
The group opened up a UFO hotline and received over 300 calls, some of them sexy calls. <laughs> I was going to say that myself. <laughs> from people that had seen the UFO on the night of March 24th alone, one awed witness identified as an IBM program manager reported the object as being triangular in shape and 30 to 40 colored lights along the back edge. Can you say, show us your back edge? No. It sounds like something you'd say. Are you sure they weren't getting the calls mixed up, though? <laughs> <laughs> the object, he stated, was huge. Oh, they did get the calls mixed up. <laughs> if there is such a thing as a flying city, this was a flying city. hey Yeah. <laughs> The object apparently cruised over the community of Yorktown that evening too, where the police switchboard became so jammed with reports, officials became concerned they would be unable to take emergency calls. Did they say they couldn't take it? <laughs> he said, you're going to take it. Jam the switchboard, yeah. baby, etc. Uh, it does say that. Yeah, yeah, I left <laughs> that out because I thought I, I, I skipped ahead, but yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, friend of the show, Dr. J. Arn Heineck, calls him with a meticulous sexy phone call. <laughs> he never drunk on Heineken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend of the show, Dr. J. Arn Heineck, drunk on Heineken, <laughs> called him with a particular sexy and raunchy call. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> On the Taconic Parkway, people pulled over to watch the enormous object as it slowly oh, moved come on, on now. its path. <laughs> <laughs> One observer estimated it was as large as an aircraft carrier. <laughs> the dirty talk leaves of it to be designed. <laughs> Mm. move on it moved silently and was easily as big as a football field some witnesses said as big as three football fields <laughs> yeah people like to exaggerate yeah though. they do it's worth exaggerating size <laughs> uh, that would make it anywhere from 300 to 900 feet long which was 90 to 270 meters not sure what the nautical mile conversion is you want to work on that what were they again uh 270 meters 270 metres. Far larger than any aircraft manufactured in the world. Often the UFO seemed to glide over large areas, causing dozens of sightings in one night. It was never spotted during the day. Most reports came from people who seemed to be reliable witnesses. Thousands of people, many of them highly educated professionals, went on record as to say that the boomerang was undeniably very real to them. 0.145 nautical Thank miles. Thank you. The great majority of people interviewed had no previous interest in UFOs, and they were completely taken by surprise when they saw this big-ass boomerang. The witnesses came from all walks of life, including, and this is a weird, for some reason they gave all these professions down, and thought, why not repeat them? Mm-hmm. Including housewives, office workers, aircraft designers, which is an interesting profession. To yeah, see there. Interesting. Truck drivers, construction workers, nurses, doctors, pilots, engineers, bookkeepers, technicians, and scientists. And I guess adult phone operators. Yeah. <laughs> um, many sceptical police officers changed their minds when they saw the boomerang themselves. Wow. As the investigators and authors of the Hudson Valley UFO Sightings book put it, ordinary people have seen something extraordinary. 
It was also not uncommon for the UFO researchers to see the very UFO they were researching. One researcher observed it through binoculars as it passed right over his car. He reported a series of multicolored lights attached to some type of grey dark structure. The object was so colourful against the night sky that he said it looked like a Christmas tree. Do you think? <laughs> Do you think, um, based on the timing of this? Yeah. What was yeah. it? The mid eighties. Mid eighties, and the timing of the F one seventeen. When did I that think come around? The sizes um, are the issue here, and I think that the. What about the B two? Again, I think this is the B two wouldn't have gone. I think the the key thing with this is it was bloody slow. Right. Um. And it was um, very colourful. Right. Um, okay. And it was silent or very, um, not much more than a buzzy humming sound. Yeah, you're right. So it wasn't moving like a conventional aircraft. That's, that's right. And yes. if it was um, secret military stuff, they wouldn't have lights all over it either. Yeah, and why would they fly it over a populated area? Like, just like, tw- mm. um, it was like um, the Hudson Valley being just north of new york city yeah instead of it sounds like it's a similar shape to the b2 yes which I is a big very, kind of boomerang shape i think um, that's very that's very accurate yep yeah and i'll show you a picture in a sec of the b2 <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> i could show you a picture of the b2 <laughs> for the most part reports describe the ufo as moving at a very slow speed hovering or turning slowly like a wheel once, a man was able to jog underneath it to keep up with it. And I believe this was turned into a somewhat 1980s fitness fad of jogging after UFOs <laughs> in the Hudson Valley. That's good to know. A few reports detailed... Uh, sorry, a few reports, though, described the object as moving suddenly and zooming away at fantastic speeds or just disappearing. Uh, one husband and wife said it was six stories tall and that it shot off to the far horizon and immediately came back to the same spot in barely a second. In some accounts, the shape varies that the lights appeared to be uh, more of a circle than a V. Often the colour and arrangement of the lights changed as the viewers watched. In a few cases, they reported that the object was at two distant locations at the same time, suggesting that um, there was more than a single one, that there may be multiple Mm. uh, ships visiting. Uh, in another town on another night, a uh, policia responding to a police call <laughs> found 10 people standing watching a circle of flashing red, blue, and green lights. Just to translate there, you mean police? Police. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hovering about 500 feet overhead. Uh, the object appeared to be about 300 feet wide, which was uh, 90 meters, I believe, from earlier. Your phone is vibrating, by the way. Go on the floor phone. Um, (laughs) I just have to address it in case someone hears it. Uh, The officer turned his spotlight on the object, and the uh, bizarre object immediately projected a brilliant flash of white light down on him and the spectators around him. Seconds later, it shot off into the night sky. Wow. So, um, first picture I'm going to show you. So I'll turn my screen around and show you an actual photograph of the UFO taken in 1987. Uh, is that the top one? That's the top one. Oh, uh, yep. Looks like a ring of lights or a half ring. Very colourful. Yep. Very brilliant and bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one below it is an illustration of the object as yeah, it was flying over. So, again, more your boomerangy shape and um, detailed a bit more so that it uh, shows you the outlines of the craft, whereas the photograph just shows you a uh, line of lights. Yep. Yep. I can see. Um it, the V is a lot more prominent in the drawing than in the photo yes. from where I'm sitting. 
Cool. Cool. I'll um, Instagram them both and put them up, and I'll actually do it this time. (laughs) One of the most striking reports that the investigative group gathered was from guards at the Indian Point, sounds a bit racist, but we'll go on with it, nuclear plant. On the night of July 24, 1984, uh, 12 security guards uh, watched as a boomerang-shaped object hovered for more than 10 minutes directly above one of the reactors of the nuclear power plant, which is located just 32 kilometres or 20 miles north of Manhattan. This is bloody close to New York City where this yeah. enormous craft is hovering. Yeah. The UFO apparently hovered over an active reactor coming as close as 30 feet to the reactor dome itself. Mm-hmm. Inside the security console, the computer that controlled all the security and communication systems suddenly shut down. One guard described it as being the length of three football fields. Did they mention this in the book Secret Machines? They might I think have. there was a chapter on um, Hudson Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Because you know they were trying to weave these stories into that um, kind yeah, of yeah the real the real life situations that um, they that believe kind were of connected yeah and um, told in a fictionalish narrative yeah that's interesting it's just all ringing a bell um, the act uh, the, of hovering the, is quite clearly not a B two yeah. then the the Belgium UFO flap definitely mm. made into secret machines and that was a very much a sort of black triangle type one that, right um, yeah. that's right yeah. Um, the incident at the nuclear Let's plant... Let's just do a plug. A uh, friend of the show, Secret Machines, book one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned it a wee bit, but um, available on tothestars.media and well worth a look. It's on our Kindle and everything as well. Just thought I'd mention that because we, we reference it a wee bit. Get on And it's very, it. And we it's may have uh, sort of, I guess, taken some liberties with the Secret Machine uh, story and incorporated it into our logo as well. Do we? Maybe. <laughs> I made the logo. <laughs> it's uh, logo design, you can PayPal me. <laughs> yeah, so recommend it. Have a look. It's very readable. It's, it's not, not one of those real heavy kind of um, fact-based books. It's kind of taking some of these accounts and presenting them in a compelling fictional narrative when so. it started off i thought oh it's gonna be straight into ufo stuff but it took like a couple of it took like a little like the first chapter mm. it launches you straight into it yeah. and then you pop away and, and it connects it all up it's fantastic really yeah. good book yeah so the incident at the nuclear power plant plant was so shocking that the plant commander contacted a nearby national guard unit and asked that an aircraft be sent to shoot the object down before the action could be carried out the ufo had moved away Later, authorities denied anything had happened whatsoever. The object also seemed to be interested in bodies of water. And you hear this a wee bit about UFOs hovering over water. So one observer watched the UFO over Crotton Falls Reservoir, where it used a beam of red light to probe the surface. Interesting. You Yeah, you hear about them over water and around power plants as well. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um one theory is that they're getting their power from getting off. power plants. Getting off, aren't they? Getting and another off. theory is that um, a lot of these UFOs um, may even be submerged or um, uh, kind of go back to like a mothership under the water. So one, so just on that one story I was reading when I was looking at what story to do this week was one about someone who had been abducted yeah. and it was witnessed by somebody else. And they said this person, they saw, they saw the person being abducted mm. and the UFO 
took off and then flew into um, the sea with the person yeah. on board. Yeah, is what they witnessed. Interesting story. I may I may cover it at some point, but um, it's like, well, okay. Yeah, more common than you than um, someone who hasn't looked into it might think. Yeah, right? it's pretty good cover, really, going into the sea. Yeah. Um, during the unusually long, I guess speaking of abduction, during the unusually long period of sightings and encounters, numerous witnesses reported having had contact with some kind of extraterrestrial intelligence. More than 60 people said they had been abducted, with women between the ages of 25 and 30 representing the largest number of cases. Um, and sort of the description of the beings were your traditional grey aliens, mm-hmm. as um, those behind it, um, who seem to be the most interested in abducting peoples. Um, the authorities, for the most part, were no help. So some police departments were sympathetic to witnesses uh, and investigators, and some weren't. A few were outright antagonistic. The FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Administration of the United States, denied anything unusual was happening in the skies over the Hudson Valley, even though some air traffic controllers privately acknowledged tracking unknown objects on radar. When investigated, some reports of objects turned out to be planes, balloons, satellites, or even the planet Venus. Uh, there was evidence that some of the reports of the V-shape may have been a group of small planes flying out of, of the nearby Stormville Airport. Great name. The pilots seemed to be, have been flying their planes in the formation in a deliberate attempt at a UFO hoax. Right. So the plane hoax only cleared up a small number of reports, however. Most observers reported the lights moved together as a solid object. Others could see the body of the UFO between the lights, so something linked up, joining the whole thing together. Yeah. None of the observers who had seen both the planes flying in formation, in, in the hoax formation, and the object itself thought that they were the same phenomenon. So they were quite clearly different. And you would tell, you'd hear the planes, you'd, mm. you'd know. You know what a plane looks and sounds yeah. and moves a like. A little propeller plane, even though they're small, they make a hell of a racket. Mm-hmm. The Hudson Valley UFO remains a mystery to this day. Many people believe the boomerang was a spaceship from another world. We do not know. We can only speculate. There is no conventional explanation for the Hudson Valley UFO. The end. The end. <laughs> cool story. Yeah, so, I mean, this one is, I guess, famous because it was seen by thousands of thousands, people. Thousands, yeah. Uh, it was very close to major populated centres. Mm. Um, and again, kind of... In the Eastern Corridor down the United States, it's a really heavily populated area. But the other thing is that, um, again, the FAA saying, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing, Yeah. Um, and like there were so many sightings, you can't have thousands of people just say, "Oh, this," but they dismiss it, saying it was just you know other little planes, it was hoaxes, it was whatever. Um, Far from that mass hysteria that um, you know they talk about when there's a collection of people that yeah. see something, it's not just a group of people that can be all working each other up. When you look at some stuff online about this, you see like um, like some of the simulations they did on some of the docos, and it's just like a um, ooh, hey siren a, going past. Sorry, and it's, uh, it's uh, what it is. It's like you see these people stand there, and then all of a sudden this ginormous object just floats over the top of them, but no noise. You know, mm. it's massive. Yeah, um, it just glides past and carries on its way. It's just bizarre, all lit up. <laughs> like you just have, like you'd feel you could reach out and touch it. It's just huge. Um, Something that's bigger than any aircraft flying or, um, you know, then or now. Um, Again, you're exaggerating about size. 
<laughs> I am prone to exaggerate against stuff outside, so don't yeah, don't hate on me about that. Um, but yeah, just a really bizarre case, one witnessed by so many people, and you know something that I guess it makes it a really credible situation. Mm. Yeah, awesome. All right, let's keep it tight and keep moving on. Um, anything else to add to that? Um, strange. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a no, and also that jingle. means that it's time for uh, the segment of the show we call Get Me Some Strange what that means is I will this this time it's my turn to flick through the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained where we choose a random Mm -hmm. tidbit um, of a a story paranormal, strange, mysterious unsolved, etc and I'll read it out. So let me grab this book. And I'm flicking now. You Stop. like you like to really like to leave it laid. <laughs> I like to that fear that you're about to run off out of pages. This one I've opened on the title page, so we don't need to vamp while I Good. figure out what Good. section we're in. However, the problem is that that it's really not that paranormal. Okay. <laughs> Inexplicable crimes and assaults. Okay. Let's go with it. All right. I'm happy with this. I'm going to pick a... How did it happen? I know that's a really short one. That's like two sentences. This might be the shortest one yet. Okay. How did it happen? In July 1891... Carlos Gross was shot dead near Maspeth, Long Island. The bullet had penetrated his body, but left no holes in his clothing. So it shot him in the head. <laughs> Solved. Okay. Solving them one, All right, one story at a time. What's the next one? Um, Maybe he had like a sexy midriff number on. You could. <laughs> the death of 72-year-old Lavinia Farah a woman of independent means <laughs> okay what does that mean? I have no idea can you google what will, that means okay, while, while i carry on this. reading was reported in the cambridge daily daily news in england on march 16th 1901 she had been found on the floor of her kitchen fully dressed her face bruised and her nose broken beside her were a blood-stained knife and a few drops of blood an examination revealed that she had been stabbed in the heart At the inquest, an open verdict was returned for these reasons. Although the dead woman had been stabbed, her clothing had not been penetrated by the knife and was unmarked by blood except for the innermost garment, which was slightly blood-stained. Since death had been almost instantaneous, she could not possibly have first stabbed herself, then dressed before dying. Moreover, the blood on the knife and on the floor beside her seemed not to be hers. Since the wound was almost bloodless. So maybe she had a heart attack when someone came in to stab, you know, to attack her, and the stabber then freaked out and stabbed himself by accident and ran out the door. Her face was bruised and her nose was broken, so she could have been just bludgeoned with a blunt object yeah. to where she passed out, but in the scuffle she stabbed the person yeah. who did it. Yeah, that's right. Solved. That's two. Do you want to solve number three? Yep. Independent means uh, <laughs> income that you have from investments rather than a job, or I guess like wealth. As a woman of independent means, she spent most of her life in voluntary work. 
All right. And the next one is a bit shit. He has independent means. <laughs> it's like, come on. Should we go for a third? There's a little yeah, tidbit let's here. Do a golden third. We've solved two out of three so far. Well, three out of three because we figured out what independent, independent means means. <laughs> Missing Ireland's crown jewels. One of the most daring thefts of the 20th century occurred in 1907 when Ireland's crown jewels, valued at $250,000 in 1982, <laughs> were stolen from a safe kept in the strong room of the Bedford Tower at Dublin Castle, practically under the, guise, under the eyes of the four men who had been assigned to guard them. Sometime between June 28th and July 6th, the thief had first obtained keys to the tower's main door and then to the strong room and finally to the safe where he must have spent at least 10 or 15 minutes freeing the jewels from their cases and yet no suspicions had been aroused the long investigation by a long investigation by scotland yard came to naught the whereabouts of the treasure and the identity of the thief are still unknown do you think they've been solved since that was written be very interested to find out what do you think yay or nay Nay. Nay is yay. <laughs> they weren't found. <laughs> At least that wasn't confusing. <laughs> Alright. On that note, solved three out of four crimes or mysteries of the unexplained. That's good. Um, let's leave it there for the week. And we will be back live to give you the live as we record it to give you the results of the twitter poll and a couple of wikis um so that's one vote each from us and yep. probably another i know of at least two people who listen so should we go and get my neighbor from next door with the high ass <laughs> that i don't like and see what he says <laughs> let's do that all right so on we, that note we'll catch you next week all right i'm 16 and uh toodaloo oh <laughs> okay